When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. I am stepping in for Rachel Ann, who is away taking a course on how to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I heard it is taught by the finest leprechaun on this side of the equator. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Today's episode comes all the way from Switzerland to your lovely homes or wherever in the world you might be listening. I live in a tiny village that is nestled between a mountain and a lake. And a few nights ago, I was walking home along the lake. A near full moon spilled its silvery light onto the water and the dark velvet sky was dusted with sparkling stars. Apart from the gentle lapping of the waves on the shore, the night was perfectly still. It was a moment of such quiet beauty that I paused, closed my eyes and took a deep breath. How I wish there will always be such moments of peace in my life, I thought to myself. And at that moment, I heard a tinkling laugh, distant, like crystal chimes. I looked around and saw nothing, and no one. I heard the laugh again, and then a voice, don't worry, we'll look after you. I looked up into the sky, and it seemed like a star just behind the moon was winking at me, and one heartbeat later, with a long trail of sparkles, it fell from the sky. The stories for this episode are about Jack. Jack the hero and Jack the fool, who stars in many a fantastical, wild, magical and wise story. The first teller for this episode is Liz Weir from Northern Ireland. Liz has been telling stories for over 40 years and was just recently appointed a member of the Order of the British Empire for her services to the arts and the education. This is an honor that she now shares with the Beatles, Ed Sheeran and other illustrious personalities. Congratulations, Liz! And on a more personal note, Liz is the reason that Rachel Ann and I have met many moons ago in her camping barn in what I like to call the Enchanted Forest in Northern Ireland. You see, Liz is not only a very successful artist, but also a generous host for people who want to learn about storytelling, such as Rachel Ann and myself. And this is her telling Jack and the Magic Horse. This is a story told to me by Johnny Collins, a traveller friend from Dublin. Long ago, in the town of Kilkenny, there lived a boy called Jack. 
He and his parents were very poor. They lived in a cottage not far from the famous Kilkenny Castle. Now Jack didn't get on too well with the boys and girls his own age. They teased him. He wasn't good at reading. He wasn't good at writing. They called him names. They laughed at him. They called him stupid. But Jack was far from stupid. He had talents and gifts none of the others possessed. Jack had a gift of looking after animals. Horses were his specialty. He could take a horse that no one else could work with and within a few minutes could gentle. He always longed for a horse of his own, but with his family being so poor, they'd hardly hope of it. But when he was old enough, his parents managed to buy him a small spindly foal, so sick people said it would never survive. But Jack used his talents. He nursed that horse. He sat up with it night after night until eventually it grew into a strong young foal and then into a fully grown horse. When it was old enough to have shoes put on its feet, he took it into the grounds of Kilkenny Castle where there was a blacksmith. As he waited in turn, he suddenly noticed soldiers running this way and that way, swords drawn. Jack said, what's going on? The people said, read the notice. And there on the wall was a royal proclamation. But Jack couldn't read. He said, I can't make out what it says. What does it say? (laughs) The people laughed. They said, you're stupid. You don't need to know. But finally, an old man told him what it said. It said that the King of Ulster had come down from the north and had kidnapped the Princess Aoife the king of Leinster's only daughter. And her father would give five bags of gold and his daughter's hand in marriage to anyone who could go up and bring her back. That's just the job for me, said Jack. He said, you? Sure, you're stupid. You couldn't even read the notice on the wall. And do you know what sort of people they are in the north? They'd fight with their shadow. You'll never make it. How will you get there? The roads are bad. Jack said, I have a fine black horse that will take me there. And he jumped on his horse and rode off over hill and over dale until he came over the brow of a hill. And there in front of him was a bog, an Irish peat bog, so marshy that not even a bird could land on it without sinking. Jack stopped and said, How am I to cross this? And all of a sudden a voice spoke. Put your hand on my left ear, Jack. Who said that? I did, said the horse. You helped me when I was sick. I have magic powers that mean I help you. And Jack reached his hand into the horse's left ear and pulled out a stone, a pebble. Throw it in front of you, said the horse. And Jack threw the stone and the minute it hit the ground, a hard straight road went right across the bog. Jack was able to gallop across And sure enough, he came to the King of Ulster's castle. There in a tall tower, he saw a white handkerchief waving. There was the princess. But how was he going to get her down? Now, no long hair in this story. Different country. All of a sudden, the horse spoke again. Take a hair from my tail, Jack. Jack plucked a hair from the horse's tail, threw it in front of him, and the magical horsehair ladder came down the tower. 
Princess Aoife was able to climb down, jumped on the back of the horse, and off they galloped. But the King of Ulster's men were in full pursuit, and it was a long way from Kilkenny up and back, and Jack's horse was tiring as he went across the hard, straight road. He spoke again. Reach into my right ear, Jack. Jack put his hand into the horse's right ear and pulled out a piece of turf, such as would burn on the fire. Jack threw it behind him, and the minute it touched the hard road, it sank down into the bog, and with it the King of Ulster's men. Jack brought the Princess Aoife safely home to her father. Oh, they hugged and kissed, and the king gave Jack five bags of gold. Jack said, excuse me, was there something about your daughter's hand in marriage? The king laughed. Do you think I'm going to let my daughter marry the likes of you, who couldn't even read a notice on the wall? But the princess spoke up and said, wait, father. Jack has proven he's clever, he's brave, he's kind. He keeps his word. And I'll thank you to keep yours. Anyway, she said, I like the look of him. So that's how Jack, the poor boy who couldn't read or write, married a king's daughter. And the man that told me that story, Johnny Collins, said there's an important message for everyone in it. And that is, never call anyone else stupid. Today's fairy tale sponsor is the Genie Bottling Factory. Have you always wanted a genie to fulfill your secret desires or treat your trusted gin to a new home? Genie Bottling Factory is the only place in this realm and the next where you can match your genie with a bottle that matches your style. From cut crystal to polished brass and shimmering china, we've got you covered. Order online or browse our large collection of genies and bottles at our factory shop. Genie Bottling Factory, making all your bottle-up wishes come true. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast can play music on moonbeams and are patrons of the arts? You can too, for as little as $4 a month. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. If you want to hear Rachel Ann or me make up facts about you, then maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be the sprinkles to our cupcakes. The next morning, I was woken by a bird who was greeting the new day with enviable enthusiasm. I threw back the cover, opened the windows, yawned, and blinked into the morning sun thus starting the routine that always precedes a busy day. That routine usually ends with me leaving the house at the last minute and sprinting for the bus, and this morning, too, I made it just in the nick of time. The lake flew past as the bus made its way into the city through morning traffic, growing smaller and smaller in the distance. I got off at the train station and wove my way through the surge of commuters, getting to the crowded platform just one minute before the train came in. I closed my eyes and took a deep breath, recalling the peace and quiet of the lakeshore the night before. Oh, how I wish, I thought. And at that moment, I heard the tinkling laugh again, distant like crystal chimes, and yet audible over the morning buzz. 
I looked around and saw nothing, not one smiling face. Then I heard the laugh again and that same voice. Don't worry, we'll look after you. I looked up into the sky and there, just behind the sun, I could have sworn that something was winking at me. Laura Packer is a storyteller and has been performing, coaching, writing, consulting, giving keynotes and leading the storytelling field for more than 25 years. She knows that the best way to the truth is through a good story. She has a new book out titled From Audience to Zeal, the ABCs of finding, crafting and telling a great story, which you can now find on Amazon and other online sellers. This is her telling Jack and the Poddle of Brains. There was once a village that was much the same and no different from any other village in the world. There were kind people there and cruel happy people and sad, and most people lived as best they could and as easily as they could next to their neighbors, day after day after day. There in the village there lived a woman who had been there her whole life, and at this time in her life she found she had grown old and frail. She shared her home with her son, whom she loved more than anything, and every day as she found herself growing weaker and weaker, her heart yearned with worry for him because her son, this young man whom she'd held as a babe, well, truth to tell, he was a fool. He was kind, his heart as big as a house, but in his head there was no more sense than you might find in a gust of wind, and she was sure that if you looked in one ear, you would see light shining in from the other. And so she said to her boy, My son, I am growing old, and I will not be here forever, and I am full of worry with, uh, for you. So please, go to the wise woman and ask her if she will give you a pottle of brains. So the young man gathered himself together and went up, up, up the hill to the little shack where the wise woman lived, in a small place with a fine view. There she was, sitting in front of her home, stirring a pot, and the steam from this pot whirled up into the air and got tangled with the smoke from the pipe that she had in her mouth. He stood in front of the wise woman and cleared his throat. He was a kind young man and had been taught to be polite, so first he chatted about the weather, and the wise woman looked at him. Then he said, everyone's crops seem to be coming in well this year, and the wise woman looked at him, and he had no other conversation to make. So he said, well, I suppose it's time for me to get down to business. I have come here because I am in need of brains." The woman looked at him for a long moment. She pulled the pipe out of her mouth, and with smoke rolling out of her as if she were a dragon, she said to him, Do you need the brains of a king, or a bishop, or just those of a common man? The young man started, Oh, I wouldn't know what to do with the brains of a king or bishop, and truth to tell, I don't know that they know either, so just those of a common man will be enough for me. Very well, she said. Bring me the heart of what you love most, and I will see if I can give you a pottle of brains. The young man went down, down, down the hill, back to his home, and he told his mother about what had occurred. He thought... 
He scratched his head. He pondered what could it be that he loved most in the world. Then he said to his mother, "'Well, I am awfully fond of a slab of bacon, so it must be the pig that I love most in the world.' His mother agreed. Off he went into the barn. He went up to his pig, and he scratched her back. He fed her acorns, and he told her of all the glorious places that she would see in the beyond. Then as gently as he could, he slaughtered her. He hung the meat up to cure and took the pig's heart and went back up, up, up the hill to the wise woman. There she was, sitting in front of her house, reading a book, turning each page with a flick of her finger. She looked at him and said nothing. He stood there in front of her for a moment and then presented her with a paper-wrapped parcel. This is the heart of my pig, and she is what I love most in the world. So please now, may I have a puddle of brains? The woman watched him for a moment. She took the pipe out of her mouth and tapped it on her boot, then said, That is not the right heart. Answer my riddle, and I'll see what we can do. What is it that runs without feet? The young man went down, down, down the hill, wondering what it is that runs without feet, and knowing for sure his mother would know. But as he grew close to his house, people called out to him and told him to run. He ran into his little home that he shared with his mother as fast as he could, and there she was, lying on her deathbed. He picked up her hand and kissed it. She smiled and with all of her strength patted him on the cheek and then left this world. The young man began to sob. He wailed and moaned, and in that moment he realized that what he loved most in the world was his mother. She had fed him and clothed him, bathed him and loved him from the day he was born, and he did not know what he would do without her. He thought to himself, must I bring my mother's heart? I cannot do that to her. The next morning, after a long, sleepless night, he picked up his mother and, as gently as he could, carried her up, up, up the hill. And there was the wise woman sitting on a chair, looking out at the conversations happening amongst the leaves of the trees. The young man stood in front of her and said, This, this is my mother. She is what I love most in the world, and I shall not cut out her heart. The wise woman looked at him for a moment and said, Answer my riddle. What is yellow and shining, but isn't gold? Once you know, return to me. And she stood up, walked into her little house, and slammed the door. The young man went down, down, down the hill. He took his mother to the church, and there, with all of his neighbors in attendance, she was buried in the churchyard. He stood over her grave and sobbed. After a while, everyone else had left, when a neighbor girl came over. She had lived next to him their entire life. They'd known each other from birth, and he was sure they would know each other until death. She looked at him and said, It can't be so bad. He, crying, said, I have lost what I love most in the world. There is no one to care for me. I have no brains to make my way. He told her all about the wise woman and the riddles. The neighbor girl looked at him for a moment and said, I've known you my whole life, and I have known you to be kind and strong. I like you well enough. Let us take care of each other. And so they wed. 
Time passed. One day, as they were in the little house where he had lived with his mother and now where he lived with his wife, the young man looked at his beautiful wife. There she was, her hands busy kneading dough, and he felt his heart swell. He realized he liked her most of all, but he could not, would not cut out her heart. He smiled at her and said, You know, I love you more than anything else in the world. And his wife smiled back at him. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's time. Take me to the wise woman. She washed her hands, set the dough to rise, and they went up, up, up the hill. There was the wise woman, sitting in front of her house, whittling a little stick. I've brought the right thing at last, he said. The wise woman looked at them, and then she asked, What runs without feet? The young man's wife said, Water, of course. And the wise woman asked, What is yellow and shining but not gold? And the young man's wife said, Of course, that is the sun that smiles down at us every day. The woman looked at the wife. She looked the young woman down and then up again and said, First it has no legs, then it has two legs, and ends with four legs. Answer that, my boy. The young man sat there. He scratched his head. He gnashed his teeth. He thought as hard as he could, but no answers came to mind when his wife leaned over and whispered in his ear. He stood up straight, looked at the wise woman, and said, A tadpole, of course. The wise woman smiled. Then you already have your puddle of brains right there in your wife's head. And so it was. They went down, down, down the hill to their lovely home in the village where everyone was just as they should be. They had a good dinner, and they took care of each other for the rest of their lives. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Liz Weir and Laura Packer on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find Rachel Ann and the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Story Story Podcast or rachelannharding.com. And you can find me at isabelhauser.com. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor is Fiona Birchall. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from our second teller, Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you would be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast too. Head on over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you will hear more stories next week. And who knows, maybe Rachel Ann will even share some secrets she learned from the leprechaun this week. And perhaps at some point in the future, you'll hear myself hosting another episode of the Story Story podcast. But until then, live happily ever after.
And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.